Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barron. Joining me for Korean War Part 3 is Brian. Again. Hey! Yeah. I'll, I'll try to get someone else for Part 4. Today's title is North to the Yalu. Kind of reminds me of when I was a little kid, I used to watch this series. It was called Victory at Sea with my grandpa. It was like a compilation of, of all these like World War II, like, newsreel footage type like camera footage like all compiled in the one like 30 minute show and the narrator was just like super over dramatic <laughs> and every episode would start like the battle of midway so we're going north to the all right so uh last week we talked about the start of the korean war and where uh, the north korean army basically just went right through South Korea, United Nations got involved, set up a perimeter around Busan. MacArthur had done a little sneak attack, gone around on some boats at Incheon, and then and took then, over Seoul. And uh, failed to capture. Yes, failed to trap the North Korean army, which means they are still able to fight. Um, so in 1915, Truman describes the Korean War as a police action. Oh, that's never good. <laughs> Whenever you're describing a war as a police action, that's not good because that means there's going to be restrictions on what your military can do militarily that's you can't win a war that way as, as we would find out with vietnam too um the president's term was an honest reach for perspective he determined to halt the aggression which is basically the main that was the un kind of agreement to stop north korean aggression and get them out of south korea that's basically what the un decided to do um, he was also determined to limit hostilities to the peninsula and to avoid taking steps that would prompt Soviet or Chinese participation, because he realizes if that happens, that would be a game changer. Because the Chinese had a billion-man army at this point, while well, the Soviets, they have big weapons, too, that can complicate things. Um, primary focus is still on Europe. Um, he thought, Truman actually thought that Stalin it was using Korea as what uh, they call military terms a feint. That's where you show force, but really don't have any intentions of really using it to draw the other side's troops to that area, and then you attack somewhere else. It's like a fake out in yeah. basketball. Yep. Had. So he Truman was believing like Stalin was using Korea to pull NATO troops from Europe, so then he could go attack West Germany. Um, as a result, U.S. is going to increase its military presence in Europe, as well as expand their nuclear, nuclear arsenal. Yeah, 1950s, where we start blowing stuff up in the Pacific. The Bikini Atoll. Rest in peace, Bikini Atoll. What's it called? Oh, I forgot the name of it. Project. Oh, oh well. Uh, so there was calls to halt MacArthur's advance at the 38th parallel, because it was argued that the sole purpose of the UN intervention, like I said, was to restore the Republic of Korea. However... There was also substantial military reasons to continue the war into North Korea. 30,000 North Korean troops had escaped into North Korea. Thank you, MacArthur. And there was still another 30,000 there in training camps. Uh, victory was also within grasp, which would achieve the ultimate UN goal of having a unified Korea and then basically having free elections to pick the government of that unified Korea. So the UN's kind of like, well, we can't win in here. 
our initial statement was, all right, we're just going to get the North Koreans out of South Korea. But then if we go way back to our original statement about Korea prior to all this, it was to have a unified Korea. So they don't really know what to do. Um, on September 27th, the Joint Chiefs of Staff instruct MacArthur to cross the 38th parallel in pursuit of the destruction of the North Korean army. Once completing this, he was to occupy North Korea and wait for UN action to unify the peninsula. To avoid escalation of the conflict, MacArthur could not enter North Korea if major Chinese or Soviet forces entered North Korea before his forces did, or if the Soviet Union or the People's Republic of China announced it intended to enter. All right. So once again, Truman is really just trying to avoid a massive escalation here and Korea becoming World War III. Well, then the Soviets could just say that they're going to go in, not go in, and MacArthur couldn't do anything about that. Correct. Is that what happened? No. Oh. I don't think the Soviets knew that was the, the knew that those were the guidelines. Oh, yeah, because they, they were boycotting the UN. <clears throat> um, only South Korean troops were to be used in the Northern Territory that bordered the Yalu River with China and the Tumen River with the USSR in order to provoke any intervention. So basically, MacArthur kind of has some handcuffs on saying, all right, if you do go north, you can go only go this far. At that point, if you want to go any farther north, South Korean troops have to be doing the fighting because we don't want to make it look like the United States is about to invade China. Which isn't all the realm of possibilities if you are listening to the way MacArthur is talking. All right. General MacArthur considered the best option keeping the 10th Corps separate from the 8th Army and withdrawing it through Incheon and Pusan to conduct another amphibious assault at the Wansan. North Korea's major seaport on the East Coast. Meanwhile, the 8th Army was going to advance by land from Pyongyang or on towards Pyongyang, which was North Korea's capital. Is Wansan the one where Kim Jong-un's like amusement park is? I honestly don't know. I think it might be. <laughs> he has he has this like amusement park and it's yeah. It, it's like the the people who have been there describe it as like Disneyland but like north korean yeah i don't know i don't know like a commie like super commie disneyland well it's it's like disneyland but not as good (laughs) i'm assuming so yeah and i think they like like all the all the elite um go there yeah all like the government officials and that's how north korea works so yeah the the one percent get access to everything and then the 99 percent are just starving to death yeah Eh. we'll talk more about north korea currently in a future episode yes that's gonna be like in a couple weeks yeah (laughs) still got about three more left of this (laughs) um so once on those on the east coast of north korea uh, the option reflected MacArthur's conclusion that an amphibious attack on Wansan would allow the 10th Corps to operate without burdening the 8th Army's logistical system and would trap thousands of retreating um, North Korean troops, and it could coordinate both forces from Japan. So the, the, so the problem MacArthur's having is he's got a lot of guys going north, and they're kind of creating traffic jams. So to alleviate that traffic jam, he's breaking up some of his forces, putting them on boats, and kind of sending them farther ahead. Ah, and then steps in a guy whose name is General Walker. 
Walker considered the best option the uh, the assignment of the 10th Corps to the 8th Army. The 10th Corps already was in position to continue its attack north towards Pyongyang, and other divisions could drive east across the peninsula of the Wansan, linking up the Republic of Korean's 1st Corps moving up the east coast. Uh, the 8th Army would then advance north to Yalu. This option, um, 8th Army planners concluded, made the best use of the limited... You, you, I can't... Oh, it's going to be not rolling off talking today, United Nations Coalition logistical capabilities and maintain the momentum of the United Nations Coalition's advance since the 8th Army's 1st Corps would have to pause before advancing on Pyongyang. So basically, he, Walker is countering MacArthur and saying, you're going to be using up a lot of resources that we don't have. Let's just keep on going forward and then we'll break towards the coast once we get far enough north. All right. President Rhee, impatient to unify his country, had already directed the Repu Republic of Korean First Corps up the East Coast without telling the Americans. Crossed the parallel on October 1st, that's the 38th parallel, and captured Wonsan on the 10th. The Second Corps of South Koreans at nearly the same time opened an advance through central North Korea. On October 7th, the First Corps moved north, and on October 19th, it entered Pyongyang. Five days later, the Corps had advanced to the why do I do this myself? Chong, Chong, Gachong River. How would you pronounce it? C H apostrophe O N G C H apostrophe O N. I don't even know. I don't want to try. Chong. So the the C H would be a separate sound from the ong. Ong. Ong Chong, yeah, we'll go Chongon River. Yes, sure. Uh, within 50 miles of the Manchurian border, okay, Manchuria is a province of China. Manchuria has an interesting history too, because the Japanese took it over in 1931 and installed a puppet whose name was Pui, who happened to be the last emperor of China. And then the Chinese got him, threw him in a re-education camp. I believe they made him a street sweeper of the Forbidden City. Show him that he would never be emperor again. Wow. Yes. Uh, the success of the advance would be hampered by the lack of supplies. Boats were being used to move troops from Inchon. Harbors in the north were heavily mined. So as basically what's going on, they're advancing so fast or advancing past their supply lines, which is never good. All right. So KPA had basically collapsed as an effective fighting unit. Despite warnings from China, American leaders thought it was a bluff. So basically what the Chinese are telling the Americans, don't cross the Yalu River. If you do, we will consider that an act of aggression against China. And then we will send troops in to help out the North Koreans. Um, they also felt American air power could destroy any advancing units of the Chinese army. Uh, President Truman revised his instructions to MacArthur only to the extent that if Chinese forces should appear in Korea, MacArthur should continue his advance if he believes his forces had a reasonable chance of success. All right. Once again, things aren't going. MacArthur isn't helping the scenario because he has been basically openly saying next we're going to China. And I think at one point he even threatens to use nuclear weapons against China. Yeah, I. So he's stoked up the the talk, the rhetoric a little bit with China. Ben, I'm what pretty you... sure, like he talked to Truman about like wanting to use nukes. Yeah, 
Um, and but the thing that the Americans don't un- realize, uh, intelligence misses one, is most of those Chinese troops are already in North Korea, north of the Yalu. So they're just waiting. All right. Um, MacArthur would command his troops to advance to the northern border as fast as possible. As the U.S. got within 60 miles of the Chinese border, they came in contact with elite Chinese troops that, like I said, had already been in place, and they just stopped the United Nations coalition advance like that because the force isn't that large, and they don't have any supplies. It's just like hitting a brick wall. All right. Um, so... You get what is called the Battle of the Chosen River, which is one of the big battles of the Korean War. Uh, battle took place about a month after the People's Republic of China entered a conflict and sent the People's Volunteer Army. Pretty sure it wasn't a volunteer army, but we'll go with that. Uh, Ninth Army to infiltrate the northeastern part of North Korea. On, no, on November 27, 1950, Chinese force surprised the U.S. 10th Corps, commanded by Major General Edward Allman, on the Chosen River uh, reservoir. A brutal 17 battle, 17 day battle in freezing weather, uh, weather soon followed. Um, it winters in North Korea can get pretty bad. Uh, my understanding was it was just like negative degrees temperatures all throughout this thing snowing. Um, people were literally, literally freezing to death. And we also got to realize Americans don't have any supplies. Uh, so between the 27th of November and 13th of December, 30,000 UN troops, later nicknamed the Chosen Few, under the field command of Major General Oliver P. Smith, were encircled and attacked by about 120,000 Chinese troops under the command of Song Shulun, who had been ordered by Mao Zedong to destroy all UN forces. UN forces were nevertheless able to break out of the encirclement and make a fighting withdrawal to the port of Hungnam inflicting heavy casualties on the Chinese. Um, <clears throat> so they're able to break out. Um, and there's this corridor that they're going down and they're getting attacked on, on both sides, but eventually they're able to get to a level of safety. Um, like the only thing they were eating were uh, Tootsie Rolls. That's why if you go look at the Korean War Memorial in D.C., you'll see Tootsie Roll wrappers on the bottom of the memorial because that was the only way they could get any type of calories to keep their bodies going. Um, so U.S. Marine units were supported in their withdrawal by the U.S. Army's Task Force Faith to their east, which suffered heavy casualties in the full brunt of the Chinese offensive. Um, and and the fighting is, is very, very intense. Basically, the Chinese are kind of using like the, the old Russian tactics where we got a lot of people, we're just going to throw them at you. All right, some of them are going to have to get through. Um, and it's, it's just constant. Um, the retreat of the U.S. 8th Army from the northwest Korea in the aftermath of the battle, uh, that river that we can't pronounce, and the evacuation of the 10th Corps <laughs> from the part of Hungnam in northeast Korea marked the complete withdrawal of U.N. troops from North Korea. So pretty much what had happened is MacArthur overestimated what he was going to be capable, capable of doing and completely lost North Korea. Good job, MacArthur. Um, If you want to go more into detail in the Battle of the Chosun River, um, PBS did like a two-hour documentary on it. It was an American experience. I think it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. Um, So MacArthur would proclaim, we face an entirely new war. Thanks, buddy. 
Anyway, well, Walker was forced to withdraw to avoid being completely enveloped, and then a new air war would begin because MiG-15 MiG-15s were now entering in North Korean airspace, most of them piloted by the Soviets, and they begin uh, fighting against the new American jet, which was called the F-86, and this is where you get the nickname MiG Alley, where basically you have these dogfights occurring over North Korea. Although the United Nations coalition had abundant evidence of Soviet participation in air operations, the U.S. government refused throughout the war to make it public out of the same fear of provoking pressure from the American public to escalate the war. So, like, we know the Soviets are involved, but we don't want to tell the public that the Soviets are involved because then the public would be like, nuke Russia. We don't really want to do that. No. Um, both sides fearing escalation would lead to World War III, did not launch air attacks on logistical bases in Manchuria or Japan. So we're not attacking bases in China, and North Koreans slash Soviets are attacking our bases in Japan. Wait, at this point, has, have the Soviets developed a nuke yet? Uh, yes, they okay. developed theirs in 49, I want to say. All right. So yeah, they, they, are on, they just have developed it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's... That's how the Korean War changes once again. Now everyone's just chilling out around that 38th parallel again. So join us next week as we kind of look at how this thing uh, continues. Becomes a stalemate. Ooh, that'll be the new Ooh, stalemate. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.